Welcome back. You are about to listen to episode 11 of the Modes That Make Fatherhood. I really enjoyed this conversation with Rob Wilson. Rob is a father of two who speaks candidly about fatherhood from the lens of a mental health professional. He speaks about managing his own trauma and overcoming substance abuse. And as in recovery, we talk about taking fatherhood one day at a time and how it's never too late for most parents to develop a relationship with their children. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're back again for another episode. I'm with my man Rob Wilson, man. How you feeling today, brother? Good. I'm all right, man. I mean, I've been kind of kind of lazy today, but I <laughs> you know, kind of pull, pulled myself together so I could uh, be here with you. So. Man, I'm so grateful for you being here with me, man. You got an amazing story. Obviously, man, we've known each other for a little while. And I've I've told you just recently, man, you can write a you can write a damn book. You know, just on, on your story, man, you, you you an amazing dude, smart dude, just like and but like many of us like been through just like a lot of shit, man. You know, just like yeah, I've seen a lot of things. Um, and I'm from my room right now. I'm in my room. I'm in Jamaica right now. Just taking a break to sit down and chat with you. And, uh, you know, I actually wouldn't rather be doing anything else right now. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad we got to reconnect, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh yeah. So yeah, man, I appreciate you being here. So, and before we hit record, man, we just talking about just like, obviously, you know, just the modes that make fatherhood. And we're talking about some of the things that where we started, like how, what was our foundation of fatherhood? Like growing up, like, what did you see as a young, as young Rob Wilson, um, in your home of like some of the things that molded you maybe into the kind of father that you are now? Like what? What image? What did you think a father was like before you had kids? When you, you know, when your first, you know, you, when, you know, when your lady was pregnant with your first, what were you thinking fatherhood was in your mind? So I guess all I knew was is that um, I wanted to be. I knew what I didn't want to do as mm-hmm. a father, <laughs> so I, I didn't like that was it right, and so. Uh, I just, uh, I wanted to be present, you know? And so growing up, you know, my dad passed away when I was, um, passed away when I was six years old. I I like to say my dad uh, passed away twice because, uh, when I was six, um, my dad had overdosed, uh, on the streets of Yonkers, New York, and his buddies tossed him out of a car left him and when uh they revived him and then he was in a coma uh until i was 10 my mom was didn't know you know i think i think before the age of the internet uh, probably we didn't know things didn't have medical information so available uh, to us and um doctors told my mom to take my dad off of uh life support or whatever but um I guess she didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. So either way, five years later, she takes him off life support and he dies again. And prior to that experience, you know, my dad was, um, he was uh, not consistent, you know, yeah. to, to put it lightly, you know, yeah. I loved my dad and there were moments that, uh, that I uh, knew he loved me, you know, but, you know, looking back, his, uh, you know, he, he was, he was, he was, uh, on 
you know, under the influence a, yeah. a lot. And uh, so his moods were sort of, he was irrational. I was scared of him. He's yeah. a big guy and uh, he was scary. So. How, how much do and you, so, uh, oh, go, go ahead. I was don't gonna, know what I was. I was, I was going to ask you how much you really you remember about that. Do you remember that pretty vividly? Like uh, you know, as far as where you know him passing and all that. Do you do you have a good memory of that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I was really young. But uh, the funny thing is, is that uh, I remember being. Uh, some of the most more peaceful times in my mm. life was uh, right after he passed because he brought along so much chaos yeah. and uh, and stuff. And so after he, we passed, we moved in with my grandparents and um, my grandparents actually, uh, they, they're where I, that that's how I developed any sort of moral compass more sense of values um you know and if, and if i think about uh a father or a role model uh, for, for me you know w- would have been my grandfather like many kids that grow up without a dad i i collected uh fathers along the way role models you know i would get close to counselors or uh in college you know i i started looking at uh, some of my college professors and realizing like oh okay well that's that's the kind of that's the guy I want to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like or like he seems solid and or whatever, and you know. So I would I would soak up all I could from them and um and, and kind of get close to them. But yeah. uh yeah, I do I do have a memory of uh, uh, vivid memories of that time. Um, you know, scary, but uh, also like this sort of uh, there was a there's a there was a peacefulness after yeah, yeah, yeah. after he was gone. Yeah, I hear you, man. Like, it's uh, you mentioned some of the things that you didn't want to do. Like, what were some of those things specifically that you that you say, like, oh, I knew what I didn't want to be as a father. Can you think of? Like, well, I uh, I never wanted my kids to. Um, I just wanted my kids to have a normal life, like what yeah. I considered normal. Yeah. Um, you know, like a, a nuclear family probably and, uh, you know, just schedules and dinners and, you know, at a certain time and um, and just really I wanted I didn't want to expose them to uh, things in life that made them uh, grow up too fast or, you know, and, and I wanted and I didn't want to be absent. Yeah, you know? I wanted I, I wanted to be present and I wanted to be loving and. Uh, you know, someone they could look up to. Yeah. Do, do, do you feel like that's hard to, do you feel like it's hard to escape like that chaos? You know what I mean? Like as a, as a human being, like it almost like seeps into you a little bit because like, I felt like, you know, I know you, you, you saw the episode with me and my father and like, right. I spent a lot of time as a kid and a lot of energy because I, there was a part where I really felt like I hated him and mm-hmm. I spent a lot of energy and I don't know if you can relate to this, trying not to be like him. And, right. and like, whenever I felt like I was doing something, I was similar to him. I was like, I would like hate it. I'm like, man, I'm not him. Like I'm like, I'm even right. named, I'm named after my father. And you know, they used to call my me father, too. they used to call my father, Tony. And I hated when anybody called me Tony because I didn't want to be confused with my father. I'm like, call me Anthony. I'm Anthony. I'm not Tony. <laughs> All right. right. 
Um, yeah. But, the funny thing is, is when you're asking me what I preferred to be called, um, <laughs> now I've, I've, I've outgrown this, but there was a time in my life where when people called me Robert, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it, uh, it had just sort of a, like a, you know, like a bad vibe mm-hmm. or something. And honestly, you know, my, I think my dad passed away when he was 29 and, uh, I waited for myself to, uh, get to that age, uh, forever. Uh, and I, and would always, you know, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I wondered if I would live to be older than, than that. Yeah. So what, what, like, uh, but like, there's like, you know, there was a lot of things that I discovered about myself where I was a lot like my father. Like I say, where you could say like that kind of like there was things that I didn't want, but there's also part of his personality that, that I exhibited as well. That I was like, man, I, I had to almost kind of embrace and accept that this is who I am. And mm-hmm. like, when I asked you, like, is, did you feel that too? Like, like you said, there was a lot of chaos. Did any of that chaos you feel like seep into you, who you were as a human being? Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I think that's what we do as, uh, as, as, uh, human beings is that we, we repeat patterns. We try to resolve, uh, trauma and, um, you know, unless, unless those things are addressed early on, um, we carry those things into adulthood in sort of this, uh, naive way. Right. Because, uh, I, you know, the, the expression, you can't see the forest from, uh, can't see the trees from the forest. I think that's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the other way around, but either way, like you can't see something when you're in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, uh, you know, I would repeat uh, patterns of chaos and find myself uh, feeling uh, comfortable. Um, you know, when shit hit the fan and yeah. and and stuff like that. Uh, and it's taken me, it's taken me my entire life. Uh, you know, up to, up to this point, and I'm still growing to really start to notice those things and uh, and notice when I'm when I'm sabotaging things for myself and. Uh, you know, and to, um, to actively you know, change and, and, uh, be comfortable with, uh, peace. And, uh, yeah. You know. yeah. You and comfortable with peace. Like that's, that, that's a, I feel like that's like, you know, you, I know you said it lightly, but that's, a, I feel like that's such a heavy statement. Um, and I feel like something that people have a hard time with is like being comfortable with peace and, and, you know, feeling, especially when you're used to chaos, right? You're like, you're like, man, something don't feel right. Like it's almost like you're waiting for something bad to happen. Right. You just, uh, like this, uh, like, you know, I could never for the longest time, you know? So when I, when I, uh, first had, uh, my kids, so I would wind up having, uh, my own substance abuse problem. Um, I would always, you know, I, I always said that, uh, that I would not uh, do drugs. And, um, and I didn't even really smoke pot. I tried it a couple of times as a teenager. I drank a good bit and uh, purposely wouldn't do drugs because I would say, well, my dad died of an overdose. Mm -hmm. Then uh, when I joined the military, I had a, uh, uh, I got pancreatitis and basic training. Mm -hmm. And I ended up in the hospital for about 30 days. And um, they had put me on, so they took away food. And um, introduced uh, Demerol, a strong uh, painkiller, um, 
intravenously yeah. and told me uh, you can't drink anymore and sent me home with a bottle of uh, Oxycontin. And so I remember thinking at that time I was, uh, I was 19, 20 years old. And I remember thinking that, uh, well, who needs to drink? Like, I really liked what they were giving me. And again, it was <laughs> prior to, it was, it was right before, uh, you know, people, doctors didn't tell you much about, uh, addiction and, um, that kind of stuff. You know, it was just when they, they, they didn't give me any warning, like, Hey, yeah. you might be, you might get dependent. And then yeah. I had the, the genetics. And, uh, so, you know, I, I end up with my, my own substance abuse problem. And, um, and then when I got clean, I, uh, around 24 years old, 25, I, um, very early into recovery, I, I, had, I had my son. So, man. And so do you feel like that was a part, would you say that was a part of, uh, your recovery or was that, that, that happened after like you had your son? I had my son early on in recovery. Uh, you know, I think, um, his, his mother was, uh, was in a halfway house at the time and she would come to visit and she got pregnant and, uh, and she came home and I think we had about, you know, like six months clean and, um, you know, so he, he was a recovery baby and, uh, you know, and I had, you know, looking back, I think that, uh, I, I, I think one of the things that happens, so I think one of the, one of the things that, uh, we should introduce to, um, that I would want anybody listening to this to know is that, um, yeah, I was, I also am a, am a mental health professional, right? And so, um, so I like to, to look at things from, you know, not, not, not only just my life story, but also in a way that like fits, uh, this, uh, some things that I learned along the way in, in mental health, but so, yeah, he, uh, he, he was, a he was a recovery baby and, uh, and I was, I started college early on and I would say that for the first five years of my son's life that, um, that I had built that kind of you know, almost like a fairy tale existence for him. Mm. Um, like I, I got a really good job right out of grad school. We bought our first home. Um, you know, uh, he, he was an only child. He was very loved. And, uh, you know, we had lots of family and friends around and just sort of everything that I would have imagined. Like, this is the kind of dad yeah. I want to be. And this is the kind of life I'd like to give my kid. And then. You know, I think when my son was around five, um, my, my daughter's three years younger than my son. So, you know, we had a second kid and very early on, I think for, uh, you know, around the time my daughter was born, my wife and I, uh, their, their mother, that would be my ex-wife now, started to our, our, pat, our unresolved things from our past mm. crept up. Right. And I said, so and I think that, um, that that was the first time as an adult that, uh, that I'm having this experience of it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with, with peace. Right. And I don't mm. feel comfortable. Uh, you know, so, I think I want these things and I fight so hard for them. And then, you know, so, 
so it sounds like so it sounds like boom you're on this path of bam like did you you're on this path of like i'm i'm breaking the cycle right here like i'm already doing it right thought for sure like i thought for sure so there was even a time when my son was uh young um very young that my mom was starting to show some signs of uh substance abuse she would come over nodding off and i remember telling my mom early on hey mom i didn't get clean so uh so people could be nodding off you mm-hmm. know like i want a different life for him mm-hmm. and uh i remember early on i read that book you know right when he was born i read this that book beautiful boy it became a movie mm-hmm. and it was about a father dealing with a son who had substance abuse uh problems you know and i would look, look at my son and you know and, and just and i couldn't have couldn't have imagined at the time, uh, you know, ever doing anything that would jeopardize his innocence. You know, it was just everything that was like, I'm going to, I'm going to give him yeah. something uh, different. And like, and as also, you are in a very unique, you come from a very, you have a very unique perspective as someone who has experience with, with substance abuse and from a mental health and as a mental health professional. Like, so right. like, I'm at, Talk to me about like how, how, what happens is going on in your mind. It's almost like, cause you like, you know, they say like that saying, it's like, when you, when you know better, you you do better. Right. So it's like, right, you have, right. you have all the information and it's like, but just like you said, though, you, you felt like early on when, after you had your son, like you started to notice with your wife, like those old patterns or your, or your kid's mom, like those old patterns start to creep up or unresolved things. Um, right. Like, like what kind of things are going through your mind as somebody who's a mental health professional and feeling like old patterns are creeping up and how you how you manage and deal with those things? So I think it's. Uh, I think. I think it's not about the, you know, when it comes to uh, mental health problems and substance abuse, it's not about what, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like recovery from those sort of things. is like I like to say it's an action sport, mm-hmm. you know. And so that. it's about what you're doing. And so uh, even though I knew everything, that only sort of, that only sort of uh, uh, was useful when I was seeing it in somebody else. Mm. You know, it, what, it, it wasn't useful in my applying it to my own life because I had blind spots, you know. Yeah. I, had, um, I had some unresolved trauma. And, um, I said, so, so what happened was the first thing that sort of, uh, you know, um, came along and, and threw me off of course was that, uh, my son's, my, my kid's mom, my wife at the time, she, uh, she started having some postpartum after we had Willow and, uh, she stood one day she was in the shower and, um, she had a panic attack, like a, a full blown panic attack. She, you know, she thought she was having a heart just out of the blue. And so we took her to the doctor. I think we, we had been clean for five years and uh, the doctor prescribed her Xanax. Mm. And in my head, I was thinking we've been clean for five years and uh, she's having panic attacks and this, this should be okay. So and she had a relapse that uh, that went downhill 
very quickly. Yeah. And so for me, I'm back in the chaos that, you know, when that happened, I'm back in the chaos and I am, uh, you know, behaviors and, uh, emotions and parts of me that helped me survive, not live, but survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that are no longer useful when you, in your adult life, you know, those things came back to me, you know, and I start, um, you know, I, I start making mistakes, yeah. you know, I was scared because I had, uh, my plan was to give these kids something different. Right. And now here I am finding myself in the same position. Probably when my mom was in when, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when my sister and, and me were young, I'm, I'm, I have a, uh, a, a spouse and a, a, a co-parent. Yeah who's uh you know having a substance abuse problem and and when you so you had so now you're a dad right and you're going through all of this and how did your um vision of who you were as a father how did that affect that you know it uh i think what i I tried my best to portray uh, the the image that I wanted to portray to my children and to people on the outside. And, uh, you know, that the image that, that I, that I, you know, the father that I wanted to be, I tried to portray that image on the outside and on the inside, I'm feeling, uh, I'm scared and I'm feeling guilt and I'm realize you know, I'm starting to, doubt starting to creep in. Am am I capable, right. Of being, of being a good father. And, and, you know, in my mind, I'm failing at this thing, right. That, uh, that I had set out to do to, to break the family cycle. Man, I think, I think so many, I think there's so many fathers who are, they don't have to have like any substance abuse issues or any type of like, what you would consider maybe a major issue or anything like that that had those same type of feelings, the same type of feelings of doubt. And like, am I doing this thing right? And like of guilt of like, that I'm like, man, whatever my past experiences are, whatever my unresolved trauma is like, and I'm like, I'm like fucking my kids up. Like, you know, like because of my own bullshit. (laughs) I can't like, can I, and um, like, so like, what would you say to those fathers that are experiencing like that guilt? And like, how do you, how do you kind of, even from your perspective or that or things that you've done or from a mental health um, professional standpoint, how do you climb up out of that hole of, of doubt and guilt of like, damn, am I really doing this shit the right way? You know, um, I would say that uh, it took me a long time to not just know in my head, but to internalize that that shit ain't doing me no good. Yeah. You know, that, that guilt that I'm feeling is not helpful and that, uh, I, I can't change the past. And, uh, and I know that those are sort of cliche things, but really I just got to try to be the best father I can be on a daily basis. Right. And, and, and I, I think that, um, you know, it's kind of a fine line you walk 
from being like, uh, from holding yourself accountable, you know, and realizing that, uh, your fingerprints are on your kids for the rest of, you know, like the things you do are going to affect them. And, you know, uh, you can't always control the outcome of things. Right. And, uh, and I've learned that the, the, the kids are, uh, Kids are, are more resilient than than possibly that that, that that you think they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are really good points, man, to like one, uh, like you mentioned three things that I thought, you know, really good points that I think all fathers need to take with them. Like one is <laughs> like, just do the best you can each day. <laughs> right. Just start Every there. Day. Like, I'm trying, trying to think about like projecting into the future so much, like, you know, just like start with today. And and just be the best dad you can today and like take it one day at a time, even though I still like some cliche shit, like still take it one day at a time. Right. And right. Um, the second thing you said was like, we don't get to control the outcome. All right? Right. Like, we, we don't get to control the outcome. Do the best you can and let and, and you're going to get the best possible outcome you can get if you're doing the best you can every day. <laughs> right. You don't control it. And um. And damn, there's one more thing you said that I really love and and that I don't know, maybe it'll come to me, but it escapes me, man. But like just that that fathers need to take those things with them, man. And I don't know. It is uh it is so being a dad is is such a uh you know man it's 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 really it's the hardest thing it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my it's it's the most important thing I've ever done in my entire life mm-hmm. it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life you know and it's just uh it's just something that's always with me yeah. and always always weighing on me right and um you know and so i you got you gotta learn to get like uh to to if if you've had it, unless you're a perfect you know I think I think some dads are just really good dads mm-hmm. and I'm not sure you know but uh you know I think we get we have we have to learn to uh give give ourselves a break man you know mm-hmm. like honestly and yeah. um so every day you know like like I was saying like every single day I wake up and I think about something I might be feeling, you know, I'll think about my shortcomings from, from the day before, mm-hmm. or maybe from, from years past, but what I got to do is think, well, what do I want to do today mm-hmm. as, as a good father? Like what, yeah. what are the things that are, that are important today? And, um, you know, and, and go from there. So, so what if I'm a dad, right? Like if I'm a dad, like I said, even though, okay, we talked about dads that are not, uh, struggling with any type of substance abuse, but what about the dads that are, Right. What if you're a dad and you're listening to this right now and you're struggling with alcohol abuse, you're you're struggling with some kind of substance abuse. You're just like kind of like and you're like in a hole right now and just feeling like because I because I I've heard a lot and I'm in different groups on Facebook, like single dad groups on Facebook. And like you'll see, man. And it's often often, you know, often enough where I'll see a dad, he'll post something and he'll like and and it'll, it'll say something to the effect of. I'm done. I can't do this shit no more. Like, right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I, I can't like, it's, it's too much. I feel like a failure. Like dads are feeling that a lot of dads are feeling it. 
And if I'm that dad, I'm feeling like giving that. What are, where do I what do I, where do I start, man? Well, what I think is uh, what I've learned from my own kids, um, from watching. So I've also uh, so I've also had my own relapses uh, since that time uh, that my that my uh, my kids' mom uh, relapsed, and uh, you know I think I, and, you know I buckled uh, to the uh, you know just didn't have the tools I needed to handle what was going on in my life, I think. And, um, you know, so I've spent a lot of time, uh, with my kids, you know, for one, their mom has been using mostly their entire life, uh, since that, that initial five years that, uh, that, that we had, you know, um, so I've, I've, I've watched them deal with, uh, what was going on with her over over all these years and i had my own brief uh relapse for about a year and a half and um i've been clean now but you know i i I had stayed clean for about 14 years and i had a relapse in 2019 got clean in june 2020 and i've been you know i've been clean now since june 2020 and i've spent been spending a lot of time with my kids right um and so i i talk a lot to them about their feelings of uh, this, this kind of thing. And what I know is, is that they don't care uh, about the past per se. I mean, they just want you, they just want you to get clean and and do good. (laughs) You know, like when I talk to them about their mom, like when I talk to their mom, one of the things she's always saying is uh, how good, how, I've gone too far, Rob, to, uh, to, to come back. Um, she feels guilty and she feels like she's, she's went too far and she feels embarrassed. And like, she has all of these roadblocks in her way from bringing her back to being a mother. And honestly, she's, she's a damn good mother when she is, um, when, when she is clean. Like she did. And when I talk to my kids about it, they're just like, I just want mom to get clean. <laughs> like, you know, I want, I want, and so, if, if, if someone was, if a father was listening, if a father was struggling with substance abuse, you know, what's, what's important though is, is that in your kid's eyes, you've never really gone too far. Yeah. And you know, the, the, you get clean and you come home and you, and you, and you be a parent and, uh, you know, yeah. your, your kids are going to love you. Yeah. Like they're, they're, uh, the, 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 you remind, you just reminded me of the third thing that I, that I wanted to say that you said earlier that kids are resilient. Right, like that kids are resilient and and I can I can relate to that thought process of like your kids just want you like you had if, if you've thought you've gone too far and there's no coming back, like I don't know, you know, mate it you know, some guys have done some really some parents have done some really egregious things and like maybe you know to their kids. But if you're just like a dad that's been absent and you're struggling, you got some shit you're struggling with and you you know, you had some substance abuse or whatever and you've been absent from your kids' lives. Dude, you can come back from that. <laughs> like, right. Um, when I was listening to your podcast with you, with you talking to your dad, that's that's what you know. That's that's what I was thinking. Is that um, you know, I, I'm not sure when you guys sort of reconciled or whatever, and you and you had your resentments. But I think that you know you have a relationship with them today, right? And and um, you know, so even though you'll have some things to overcome right 
like uh, you, you can you can come back. And the other thing I was thinking is that when we started, I had said that um, I my uh, my my goal was to we talked about breaking the cycle, right? I was yeah. going to be the guy that, that broke the cycle. Yeah. And for the longest time, most particularly recently when I, when I had my relapse, I was sure that I had you know, screwed that up and, and not broken the cycle. Mm. And what I realized is, is that, uh, that's, I, I, I can still break the cycle. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I'm work, I'm, st- I'm I haven't screwed I, like I'm still working to do that every day today because one of the things I'm doing is something that that I didn't have I my kids are in counseling mm. we're addressing it as a family we're working through this now you know what I mean and so I'm I'm doing my I'm doing everything in my power not to send them into adulthood with the trauma that they have experienced being unresolved yeah, you know, and Man, that's um, big. So that's big. Um, you know, yeah, kids. Put your if you, yeah. Don't be afraid if you listen. Don't be afraid to put your kids in counseling if they need like. And and it, they don't have to have gone through some you no know, serious traumatic experience to to do it either. Like you know my you know my son goes to counseling right now. And he like and I want him to. I just want him to have someone else to go to to talk to. I want him to be able to expand his emotional vocabulary. I want him to right. just be able to express themselves in healthy ways. Like, just like, so, you know, and, and one of the things that I think is important to mention too, is I think a lot of dads experience too, if you feel like you've been absent from your kids' lives, a lot of dads, and a lot, I think a lot of men don't, you talk about the word shame on them. Like, like men that experience a tremendous amount of shame for their past behaviors, their past mistakes, not being in their kids' lives. Um, and my dad, I found out when I kind of got reacquainted with him back in the day, this was like during Hurricane Katrina, when I, when I, one of the first times I called him on the phone and talked to him about how I felt, um, he felt a lot of shame. That's one of, that's a lot, one of the reasons why a lot of dads don't come back, you know, don't come back around. They may right. want to, but they're ashamed. Right. They don't feel like you're going to accept them, and they're right. they feel like you're going to be re- they're going to you're going to reject them, and right. and you know what? It may happen at first, right? It right. may ha- because kids are they're pissed off. You weren't around, right. right? But if you get one thing that I do believe in my heart, if you are a father and your kids are you you've been absent or you know had some bad experiences, if you come back and give consistent effort, your kids want you in it. In their lives, man, they want you. In, they want you around. That's that's uh, you know, that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm seeing for my kids. And then in my own experience, you know, I, I never had that. Like I knew, I knew every day that I wasn't doing well. Uh, for a year and a half straight, every day was my last day using. <laughs> like there'd be other people around me that'd be like, you know, like we're going to. We're planning to do this tomorrow. Every day, I'm like, you know, I'm not doing this no more. And in my head, it was every day. It was like, I got to get back to my kids. I got to get back to my kids. I got to get back to my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I knew I was coming back, but, you know, uh, reconciling 
but prior to my relapse, like my kids only knew me. Like if, even if someone would have said to them, Hey, your dad used to uh, party when he was younger or something, <clears throat> they would have been like, no, right. <laughs> like they knew me as a, uh, as a college professor, as a, as a, as a, somebody that had a private practice. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm having to, uh, to redefine who I am to them. And, uh, you know, one of the first things I said to them when I, when I got better, I told my son, I'm going to say, okay, now I'm going to show you how you get back up. And, um, you know, and so the was guilt and shame. Yeah. Those, those things are, those things are, are roadblocks, but uh, really what I'm learning from, from my own kids is that, uh, those things don't matter to them. Well, walk me through know, that. They, they just want you, huh. What is it? I was, you said they just want you to. Are you going to say something? They just want you. They just. They just want you to. They just want you to start doing good. Like yeah. they just want. They just want you to be there now. That those those things don't matter to the to to them. I mean, you know. Um. Yeah, man. Kind of. Can you walk me through that process a little bit about what it was like for you to, like you said, to kind of redefine yourself to your kids, like. What that? What did that? I mean, I'm still, I'm, I mean, I'm still in the process because, uh, you know, my kids saw me, I think, as someone different, and uh, and now they're knowing a a new side of me. And to be honest with you, um, I feel closer to my kids now than I ever did because, you know, I I did have a side that needed healed, Mm. and. And I was so afraid for my kids to see that, to know it. Mm. And so for one, it's for one, it kept me sick. Mm. It's probably why I relapsed, right? Like uh because I, I wasn't able to 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 live to to be my authentic self, I think in and for two, uh, you know, it it kept me any kind of it was a barrier in my relationship. Uh, yeah. with them because they really didn't know me right and um so now they do now now they know that the dad uh is flawed too yeah. and um you, you know what i mean and uh so i think that uh you know i've had to uh i've had to be uh careful about defining boundaries because my son will he'll want to ask me things like uh you know talk to me like a buddy about um substance use or something that he that he sees on tv like oh hey did you know we tell a personal story or something like that and i'm like yeah we're not we're not doing that but uh <laughs> <laughs> right like <laughs> so your dad right like um and i and i really you said define process and I, and I really had to earn their respect back. Mm-hmm. I had to earn their respect back and I had to earn their, uh, trust back, you know, to, for them to feel like, okay, dads, I know, I know I'm, ta- I'm going to be taken care of. I know that I'm yeah. my appointments on time. I know that I'm going to, you know, that, that was a process and they were angry at first and I was insecure at first. And, um, you know, but, but I got, th- I got through it by knowing that every, every single day I woke up, no matter how hard it was, I was like, I gotta be consistent. Yeah. Regardless of how I feel like, you know, I gotta be a consistent father. And, you know, 
and re- regardless of ways they might be acting out uh, because of maybe something they have been through, you know, um, so, so knowing what kind of father I want to be and, and, and consistently being that every day and, um, you know, and, and, and starting to see them heal, you know, like uh, seeing my son just feel comfortable and laugh and, 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 and interact with the family and, and be happy uh again you know it took a while you know and, and we got there but um yeah man so it sounds like you're saying even though that kind of relapse was it was it was shitty that you were able to see some silver lining and then some value in that process i learned about those patterns that we talked about those uh you know that being being attracted to chaos i mean you know because i think that you know for a long time even even though certain relationships in my life where I would have considered them really important. Like, you know, if I look back, I can see a pattern of sabotaging those relationships. And so, you know, and I saw that, like, I see that now. And so Mm -hmm. now every day, like I'm, I know that I, that I, uh, that I need to actively uh, be good to the people around me and and appreciate them in a way that's like, my actions not just my heart that oh hey i care about you but like you know i'm gonna be a good honest faithful uh husband who is uh you know um whatever thoughtful and uh and i'm gonna be a dad who you know uh is consistent and um you know uh, uh, what what's a role model you know what, what do i want to you know role model a good healthy marriage in front of my front of my children and you know so uh yeah Yeah. so i did i i i uh i i was able to recognize patterns and and again define who i didn't want to be right yeah so you had you said you talked you talked about recognizing patterns and you also talked about you mentioned earlier like blind spots right like you had some blind spots and right and you know like obviously it's called a blind spot for a reason so if i'm if i'm someone who is trying to get to a better place as a father as um someone who who's struggling with mental health someone who's struggling with um you know addiction or anything like that how do i recognize my blind spots first i think it's important to acknowledge that um you don't have to be struggling with mental health or addiction to have blind spots. Right. And I yeah. think that as for, for men, for, for men, a lot of times that our uh, ego um, is in our way. Right. And so uh, yeah. the, the way that you recognize blind spots, man, is that you, uh, you, you, I have to pay attention to the people around me. Right. And I have to take their feedback without, you know getting offended or you know whatever and Mm. and i have to um fellowship with with other dads Mm. and uh you know uh, build relationships with um you know and if if i need counseling right or or something like that like you know i I gotta work on myself actively like and for me like i just sort of inventory um i inventory my behavior 
from the day before or whatever. And, um, and, and I, I take feedback from the people around me. And I, and I think that a good, uh, a good measuring stick is like, how happy are the people around, around you? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, and what's my part in that? That's what I like that, man. How happy are the people around you? And what, what role do I play in that? Like, right. Like if my wife is uh whatever, if she's, you know, if she seems, uh, if she's grouchy and she's, you know, whatever, if, if the people in my house are, if, you know, if there's bad moods and feelings in my house, like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's sort of a measuring stick I can use to say like, um, what, yeah. what changes, um, you know, yeah. in open communication and, and a willingness to respond to, to, to people around me that, you know, without, uh, getting angry or, yeah, you know, or saying that's you know easier said than done, but necessary. I love that. Like one thing I like, one thing I say, man. Often I say to my men's group, man, is that, and I believe this to my core, is that fathers and like men, like we set the tone. Like, like we can, yeah, like the house can be, the house can be, everybody in the house can be in a shitty mood, and a dad can come in and just change that up with it with his attitude. And his his effort, a relationship can be crappy. And if the man takes control of the relationship and decides that this is going to be a good relationship, like, and we're going to be happy together, and we're going to laugh, we're going to have fun, and we're going to communicate, a man can come in and completely set the tone, right? Right? Or completely destroy it. <laughs> right. For the longest time, you know, I would I would say, like, I would take all this pride in saying I'm a good dad. And I was never a good husband, right? And I never, and until now, until this point in my life, put the two together to think you can't really be one if you're not being the other. Like, because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're stirring up shit in your home. <laughs> you're, you know, it's, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're being a bad role model uh, in your, in your, um, you know, the, you, you're making the energy in your home city. And so, you know, it, it took me a long time to, to take responsibility to, to say like, uh, you know, to like, I'm not a good, I'm not being, a, you know, I, I don't like to use terms good or bad, even though I, I keep saying that, but I, I guess I'm not being the father that I want to be if I'm, you know, yeah. if I'm not being good to, uh, you know, to, to my wife. Yeah. Or, or, or if I'm not being good to, you know, I know a lot of dads who co-parent, if I'm not being good to their mom, right? Like right. if I'm treating her mom like crap and talking bad to her and talking down to her and, you know, you know, yeah, it's all it, it, arguing in front of them, you know, yeah. it's, it's all I'm guilty together, of all man. these things, but, yeah. but, uh, those, those are, you know, those are definitely things in the past, uh, just areas of growth yeah. for me. So, you know, I'm cute. You know, I, I have probably a hundred questions I could ask you, man. Like, I like to, uh, you know, for listeners' sake, I like to keep these uh, episodes at a decent amount of, you know, decent amount of time, so they're not feeling like they we keeping them too long, man. But I want to, uh, right. I want to, you know, ask you before we get out of here, what. 
as you see, you know, the future of yourself, you know, moving, going down, you know, as a father, as a husband, as, as a man, like, what are the things that you, you want to add to or continue doing? And, and what are some of the things that you want to eliminate um, from your life um, as a father, as a man, as a human being moving forward to being the best version of yourself? Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think most importantly uh, for me is uh, you know loving my kids. You know, my kids are teenagers. You know, my my son's a teenager now, and uh, my daughter's uh, getting right here. She'll be twelve, and uh, they're t- they're developing their own. You know, your relationship dif- different with them in a way they start to, you know, to develop some independence from you and just sort of become their own person. And uh, and there's a, you know, there's this uh, part of me that like wants to control that. Yeah. And uh, accepting who they are, where they want to go. Uh, and, you know, in the spirit of actively loving someone unconditionally. Right. Mm Uh, and, um, and at the same time, you know, being, you know, uh, providing them guidance uh, needed or or whatever, but you know, that's, that's what, you know, with with my son, with my son lately and, and I'm, and I'm kind of feeling like even moving, moving forward. So, so now, and even like later in his life, just, uh, and my daughter too, just, you know, just practicing this, this sort of an unconditional love and um, and hoping that, you know, extends to them loving themselves uh, wow. unconditionally. And it's like the so things I, that I would like to eliminate is uh, shame, guilt, mm. you know, uh, those things aren't serving me, right? And so... Yeah unconditionally loving myself right and so i'm capable of loving them unconditionally yeah i think that's powerful yeah. and uh i like you said you've you're already breaking the cycle and even just by actively just making like you said just trying to be the best dad you can be every day like, right. So breaking breaking the cycle or whatever, it's net. It's there is no, uh, you know, you you never you never finished, right? There's not an yeah. ending point. It's something that you're doing every day. Yeah. And so so I've never failed at that, and I'm you know, and it's something that I have to accomplish every single yeah. day, every single like, day on like, a daily basis. And I think that's important for people to understand, man. They can take that from you as. You haven't failed. If you're still here, if you still got breath in your body, like you haven't failed. Failed is is you're finished. Failed is it's over. Like you you may have times where you feel like I'm failing, but you can turn that shit around, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> because it's not over. Um, 
And uh, I love you, man. I love your story. I love that uh, the father that you are and that you're going to continue to become and that you're, you're being for your kids. And yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, I love you too. Like maybe we'll come back in a year or so and see where we're at. Yeah. yeah we'll do, like, we'll do, we'll show. do, we're going to do an update, man. We're going to, you know, maybe season, like season three or something. I want to keep this thing going. So um, for anybody that's listening, man, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for the listeners and support that I've, that I've received with this podcast for the guests that come on, you coming and being vulnerable and transparent about your story and about your life, man. And uh, uh, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend and to, to have this conversation with you and to share it. Um, and I know it's going to benefit people. It's going to help some lives, man. And uh, I, I commend you for, for coming on and talking about it. Thank you for having me. Um, you got any final words for the listeners before we hop off here? Uh, you know, I guess just uh, just be the be be the best be the best father uh, that that you can be. You know, yeah. every day. Yeah, every day. Don't compare yourself to the guy next door, or some other guy. Some guy that's posting pictures of him with his kids on trips all the time, or some shit like that. Just be the best right. dad you can be, and your kids are gonna love you. And it's not about comparing yourself to anybody else. Um, I love that. But this has been another episode of The Modes That Make Fatherhood. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Modes That Make Fatherhood. I hope you enjoyed it. Please continue to follow us along on this journey. And if you want to see a video of this conversation, check us out on YouTube. Please share this with your friends if you found value. And I'll see you next time.